and gentlemen, welcome back to That's Entertaining, the 10th episode of That's Entertaining. And this episode would not have been complete without the return of the married Mr. Justin Pickard. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm back. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. And that was a professional singer, if you didn't know. Yeah, I, I saw the the check try to clear through the account, and I was like, that's going to bounce just to let your singer know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm back. I'm back from my two-week uh, vacation. Uh, I wasn't. You know, I was going to try to make it back last week, but I wasn't able to. But uh, I had a great vacation, got married, uh, enjoyed Florida very much. I'm jealous. And so now you, you, you're back from Florida, which was beautiful, and you're welcomed by sub-zero wind chill temperatures and just crazy cold. <laughs> I think since I've been back, we've had two record lows. Like, they have never had, it's been like 30 years since we've gotten temperatures this low. Both in the week I come back uh uh, from Florida. If I would have been you, I would have just looked at my wife and said, all right, we're going back. <laughs> uh, funny you should mention that. We, since we've come back, and I think every couple does this, but I think we're being very serious. We're already planning on like thinking about moving to Florida because we've done this before. We come back from Florida, and you're like, oh, we should just move to Florida. Uh, we've been sticking to this idea for a little longer than usual this time. So, <laughs> Well, that's... That's always the thing, right? You you go someplace really nice, and then it's a great time, great experience. Then you come back home to realities, and for you know you or me that live up in the the colder regions, the cold. Oh, it's it's horrible, and of course you know we we, we drove down all the way down to Florida, so there's lots of driving on my trip, and beautiful weather the entire time, easy driving. Did you avoid Atlanta? Uh, we did avoid Atlanta, actually. I listened. I, I was forewarned, and I listened. So yes, we in, we avoided at all costs Atlanta, and uh, <laughs> but what happens when I when we start making our way north? Soon as we get into Michigan, we were hit by whiteouts on the freeway, <laughs> <laughs> and we had to pull over at a rest stop for about forty five minutes to an hour, because I couldn't see five feet ahead of me. In the snow, it was horrible. Wow. I'm telling you, man, just go back south or go west, go somewhere, just get out of Michigan. <laughs> Escape the, the tundra north. Uh-huh. Oh, man, well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's good to have you back. The sultry sounds were missed. Oh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like as we usually do in this episode, we'll be discussing... A particular movie at towards the end, and this week we'll be discussing Iron Man 2, um, continuing on in our Marvel saga. But first, let's find out what we've been entertained by. Justin, since it's been a while since we figured out what you have been entertained by, go ahead and entertain us. Oh, all right. Well, I just, I went real quick, uh, you know, I had a two-week vacation, I went down to Key West, I had a blast down there, lots of fun. Uh, like I said, beautiful weather. I want to um, go to Key West. What's that? I want to go to Key West. Oh, I've never been, and it was really nice. Um, you know, real, everyone, all the locals are really nice. Uh, beaches were nice. Uh, we did like a ghost tour. 
to get you know get a little scared and uh we did some other fun stuff down there uh but it was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun uh but i will say i I had two weeks off no tv no movies and no video games (laughs) so i was a bit behind when i got back uh this last saturday so but since i've been back uh we've been watching movies every night and uh somewhat current movies they just came out in video mm-hmm. uh i got to watch fury the world war Two movie with brad pitt what'd you think uh so i i love world war Two like films and history so this was right up my alley and i loved it uh it's that perfect like dark world war Two drama um I still, Saving Private Ryan still my favorite war movie of all time. Or my favorite movie of all time, really. But uh, Fury is a close second right there. I, I really enjoyed it. How was Shia LeBou? Uh, So, I don't really like Shia, like in personal life. Uh, he's, <laughs> Ever since he cut you off in the grocery store. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, had, I honked at him a few times, and it, it's just never been the same since. Uh, but I, he... I thought he was great in this movie. He had a surprisingly smaller role. He was probably like the third or fourth uh, main actor in this movie, actually. Uh, behind Brad Pitt and uh, I can't think of who actually. I don't know the name of the actor who played like the second leader. Um, but no, everyone was great. Brad Pitt was great. Uh, Shia was great. Um, the guy from Walking Dead was actually in there. The guy who plays Shane. Okay. Um, he was in there. He was uh, had an interesting character actually to play. It was a really good movie, so I enjoyed that. Um, then the next night we decided to rent Gone Girl, and uh, I really enjoyed that as well. Another movie I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I I mean, it's one of those movies that's you know been in the Oscar talks. Um, I think especially for. Uh, female actress and probably director and some other stuff, but um, I don't know if it's really won anything yet, but a uh, phenomenal movie. Um, I didn't know anything about it going in, which is really the only way to watch this movie, I can tell you, because there's some twists and turns that I just I didn't see coming at all. It's very well shot to where you don't see it coming. Cool. So I suggest if you are going to see it, don't look into it too much. Just watch it and you'll enjoy it nice and then finally we went to uh our local cheap seats movie theater you know and uh we watched um whiplash now are you familiar with this movie jk simmons drummer movie yes. is that, that one yeah yes that is exactly what it is um and uh oh, awesome movie awesome uh i highly suggest it's, it's a little bit of like an indie movie which mm-hmm. I do enjoy those a lot, like indie dramas. Uh, awesome movie though. I had, had, you know, it's about jazz, a jazz drummer, so it's got great music the entire movie. Of course, um, J.K. Simmons is amazing, and so is the lead. Um, uh, I can't think of his name right now, <laughs> uh, but he's also gonna be in the new Fantastic Four movie, so uh, we will be seeing him again. Hmm. Um. Miles Teller, that's who it is. He plays okay. the lead in that movie. I remember that name. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be Mister Fantastic. Or, yeah, I think I don't know. 
but yeah, good movie. Really enjoyed that. So those are the movies I've been watching. Uh, I haven't really watched a lot of TV lately. I have been trying to finish Far Cry uh, 4. I am pitifully behind in all of my games. I've got quite a list growing. <laughs> um, I, just, I do too. I just realized today, though, I was I played like one more mission. Um, I have 18 hours into this game, and I'm only 38% complete. That's 37% more than me. <laughs> uh, I was just like, because I thought it was a lot. I thought, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I thought it was like at least halfway through the game. And then I noticed it tells you how far you are through the story missions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even halfway done yet, unfortunately. And you say unfortunately. So are you not enjoying the ride? <sighs> no, I I absolutely, I mean, I'm playing it for a reason. I, I you know, I. I love the game. I'm going to finish it. I'm just starting to get worried about my backlog of games, uh, <laughs> especially with a couple of games coming out soon that I'm really interested in. So I forget, did you go digital or physical, primarily? Uh, I have physical. Okay. So at least you can see your backlog, so you can kind of keep it in your mind. But if you get a digital backlog going, I don't think you're ever really going to even think about it, and then you'll just never, <laughs> never play them. Oh yeah, digital back. I mean, I I do have a little that going on too because I bought a bunch of games uh, when they were on sale a while back. I think during uh, Christmas time. And I don't know how it is on the Xbox, but on PS4, everything's just in one. Like your main menu is just one list of your recent apps and games. And it's about twenty five. Like, and then it goes into a history where that you can go find. Hmm. Uh, so I have about. 24 games in a row that I have not beaten just sitting there and it's a little bit depressing yeah I Xbox does it a little bit differently so you can look at you have your recent games that are available to see like right on your home screen mm-hmm. and then you can go to your my games and apps and then you see all your games that are listed there alphabetically um, that are installed and then you can go to the ones that you can install but don't have installed currently so uh, they're a little bit maybe more prevalent prevalent there than they are in the playstation it sounds like yeah it's just it's uh it's a little concerning but i i mean i got plenty of time in every week so maybe someday i'll uh, get through that backlog i've <laughs> i've also got dragon age still staring me in the eyes on my entertainment so center oh, i know and we have an episode coming up in uh, a month or two i think oh spoilers spoilers a deep cut um but that's all the games I've been playing, and that's it for me. That's all I've really been entertained by. How about you? Oh, man, it's been a busy week, um, and I haven't been entertained by a ton, unfortunately. However, I will say that I've been delving back into the world of comics, obviously. The Star Wars run uh, of Marvel Comics has begun, and I've read the first two issues of that, Um and in fact, as you've probably heard mentioned before, um, and I'll just say it once, uh, I have another podcast that I'm a part of called the Holocron Council with Jason Lacey, who's been a guest on the show before, as well as uh, another friend that we know from the uh, Married to the Game forums and that I also play with, uh, Josh Oaks. So uh, we yes. were, were chatting about I'm, that as they I'm come out. I'm excited to listen to that because uh, like... You've done a review on our show before, but 
uh, I think I'll get uh, yeah. more information out of uh, your new podcast. And please plug away. I don't, I don't mind at all. Share the wealth. I am very excited to listen to your uh, Holocron Council. Uh, you've reviewed a um, Star Wars comic on our, sh- our show before. Yeah, I was the very, first one. Yeah, I was very interested in that. So I'll uh, I'll look forward to hearing you three discuss that. Uh, and please plug away. I love hearing about uh, all of our endeavors. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if I'll have time for any more endeavors than that. But uh, uh, yeah, definitely check out if you're into the Star Wars comics. Uh, we are uh, getting ready to within the next week or so record the second episode uh, talking about. Uh, Star Wars number two. Um, so it's going to be a fun ride. Absolutely. Well, what else have you uh, been up to besides uh, the old comics? Well, in addition to Star Wars comics, I've actually been reading um, a coworker, a friend of mine, uh, gave me a couple copies of. Um, so there's, there's a, a famous story in the Iron Man comics called Demon in a Bottle. And I was, you know, familiar with that storyline. Um, and there were actually two comics preceding and three comics after the events of Demon in a Bottle's storyline. So, and I told him that I was talking to him that I'd never actually read those, or if I had, I have no idea, I couldn't remember them. So he let me borrow those, and uh, the two issues beforehand were pretty cool. Uh, they were talking about um, Namor. Do you know who Namor is? I do not. He is uh, kind of like Aquaman, but different. <laughs> he's 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 a different kind of guy, um, but he's kind of similar to that in nature. Kind of a mix between Aquaman and Thor, really, in a way. And then, um, so it was dealing with that and with uh, a cool little storyline of them trying to harvest vibranium from this island. Um, so, and Iron Man stumbles across that and you know fixes the issue at hand. And then the one after is actually a pretty cool storyline with uh, dealing with the Hulk, with Bruce Banner, and uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, trying to help him out uh, with, you know, reverting or curing the Hulk, as it were. Uh, and they they kind of cure it in a way, but uh, they they just make it so he doesn't, like, turn green and into everything. But that was only a short fix. He would eventually turn green. He'd be stronger than ever. Um so it was it was interesting. A, a great couple little storylines. I'm glad that I got a chance to read them. Reliving the old comics, man. It's so funny. So the ones preceding uh, the Demon in a Bottle, on the top left, it has the price, and it says 35 cents. Still 35 cents. <laughs> and comics today are $5. Yeah. Um, and then the the comics after it, they must have raised the price, and they were 40 cents. Um, but it was funny looking at those old comics that have, like, you know, the different advertisements and stuff in there. It's it's crazy to just to kind of go in a time capsule almost and read a great story in a comic, but also just to look at the ads, uh, just to see where, you know, what was popular back in the day. Yeah, so. that's, yeah. Any I mean, any form of like uh, printed media is always fun to like look at older stuff and see the ads and, uh, you know, the prices are you know a little uh, you know funny to us sometimes. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and. Uh, is that does that line of story does that deal with a little bit of uh Tony Stark dealing with alcoholism too? The demon in the bottle storyline is all about that. Okay. That's what he's with his dealing yeah. with uh, uh, the bottle. It's very funny you bring that up because I was actually reading something today about uh they 
I think Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau had originally pitched uh, kind of a story off of that storyline of him uh, dealing with uh, those issues, um, mm-hmm. and eventually it got you know they got with some of the comic writers and it just didn't fit with the movie universe. But um, I like just read that today, so it was uh, interesting that you uh, are just getting into that series. Yeah. So uh, that was my comic realm experience for the time being. Um, in game side of things, I have been playing on Xbox a little bit. Uh, there was a sale last week on Geometry Wars 3, so I've been playing a bit of that. Um, have you ever played any of the Geometry Wars games? I played uh, Geometry Wars 2 quite a bit. Okay. So uh, when I first got my Xbox 360, like one of my favorite games was like the 3 or 4 or $5 Geometry Wars that was available from the arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to play that thing all the time. I mean, I would pick it up the entire time I had the the console hooked up and just play it every now and then. Um, it was just fun, great music, great visuals and everything. Um, Geometry Wars 2, I didn't think it was as good as the first, um, but I picked up Geometry Wars 3. Um, they've kind of changed things up a little bit. It still doesn't feel as good as the first, um, but they've changed a lot of things around, obviously, uh, and it's on Xbox One now, so I went ahead and grabbed that. It was like 10 bucks. Um, and I also picked up a new game. I actually pre-ordered it. It's an 8-bit game, part of the ID at Xbox. They're independent developer games. Uh, it's called The Escapists, and it's been on Steam for a long time in early access, and it's been re- getting really rave reviews over there on Steam. So I went ahead and pre-ordered that um, and actually started playing that last weekend. Um, probably put in about five or six hours into the game so far, but, uh, it just puts you in a prison and then you got to try to figure out how to escape, uh, in an 8-bit world, just doing, you know, favors for people to earn money, doing jobs to earn money, trading that money for items that you might need to craft things to escape. It is interesting, um, a little bit of tedium in it, obviously, and I really, I don't know, I haven't escaped yet in my five-hour playing um, but I'm sure once I get the the hang of how everything works, it'll go. But I was streaming out some of that in Twitch. Oh, okay. Um, I'll give you a tip, because I do know how to break out of prison. Um, <laughs> what you do is uh, you become friends with the warden, um, and you actually become the tax man of the prison. Um, <laughs> and then you, have, uh, you become friends with uh, the local trader or dealer in the prison as well. And um, you get... Um, you uh, get a rock uh, shaper and uh, some tools that you are able to then, then you hide them in a Bible. Okay? Mm-hmm. Are you paying attention? Are you, make sure you're taking notes. Um, <laughs> Seems like I could find something to show me this a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you have um, posters of um, uh, fabulous ladies that you post on your wall. And uh, you uh, dig a hole through behind those fabulous ladies and you escape prison. That's pretty much it. Hey, as long as someone utters the the phrase, "ma friend and a Dufresne, that's gonna be just fine by me. Absolutely, that's um, which is all original stuff we just came up with, by the way. Uh, that's that's brilliant. Yes, <laughs> maybe I'll make it into a movie someday. I'm not sure. Ooh, you know who should get in that movie? Martin Freeman. Oh yeah, he would. Uh, he would be very good. Um, Martin Freeman or Morgan Freeman? I'm oh, sorry, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Tim and, Robbins, maybe. Yes, I think that I think those were all good um, casting choices. We'll uh, we'll get right on that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, been working on trying to escape, and then the other game that I've been playing, which is a carryover from last week again, which this will probably be a carryover for a while until I beat it. Um, but I've been playing Knights of the Old Republic again on Steam, and actually been uh, streaming some of that out as well. Um, so that's a great game. Have Have you ever played Knights of the Old Republic? Uh, I'm almost afraid. I'm. I think I'm going to have to play the fifth because I feel like I've. I I just talked about my backlog of games, but I know I'm slowly building a backlog of stuff I need to complete to get my um my geek card back. Because um, <laughs> uh, I'll admit I have not played Knights of the Old Republic. <sighs> You and Jason Lacey, I tell you what. Oh, he he's also in the club of not playing. He he is in the club, unfortunately. Oh. And it's one of the best Star Wars games ever, if not the best. And it's one of my favorite games ever. It's a Bioware game. Um, it's the first one I was ever exposed to, and it has those branching decisions, you know. Uh, and you can do, like, light side and dark side. It's such a good game. If you have a PC and you have Steam... You should definitely get it. You missed out it because it was probably during the entire time that you were on vacation. Um, but there was the Humble Bundle uh, that was featuring all the Star Wars games that you could get every Star Wars game. Not every Star Wars game, yeah. but a good collection of them for like $12. Yeah, I was really, I was listening back to our episodes um, while I was gone, and I was really bummed realizing that I was not able to purchase that. Uh, because some of those games I played, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, I haven't played. I'd love to play that. Um, but one game you brought up, too, that I would love to play again for nostalgia uh, is Galactic Battlegrounds. Um, I think that's the name of it. Uh, that's not. That wasn't part of the, oh, that, the bundle, that and it's not on Steam, but okay. it's on GOG. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. That is one game I'd like to but in Knights of the Old Republic. But, yeah, I, I put I put hours and hours in into uh, Galactic Battlegrounds when I was younger, so I would like to see that again. Nice. Yeah, I I was playing some of that, you know, the other day, and it was it was a nice trip back down memory lane. Yes, absolutely. So that's all as far as the games go. However, um, kind of in the gaming world, kind of not. I do have one amiibo update. <laughs> um, I have acquired the Sonic amiibo. Oh. Uh, so I have him now. Um, it's a cool little uh, speedster. And you know, it's funny. So back in the day, you know, the whole Sega versus Nintendo, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Nintendo what Sega don't or the other way around? Uh, Sega does what yeah, Nintendo Yeah, something don't. like that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's so funny to think back to that now because not only has Sonic, you know, been on the Nintendo platform, he's, you know, a character in Smash Brothers, and now Nintendo is making a little amiibo figure of Sonic. <laughs> that's that's just crazy to think about. Uh yeah, and it, it's, it's like and they they have all those um uh what is it Mar- like Mario and uh Sonic Olympic games and stuff Olympics, they did on the Wii yeah. and stuff like yeah, there's quite a relationship there, but yeah, cuz their history is like really interesting actually and I think there's some books about it and uh I think Seth Rogen is actually like producing um they're producing a movie on, like, the fall of Sega and the rise of Nintendo and stuff. Uh, cause I think it, interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting history there. So, 
but yeah, um, by the way, I think, so we, you know, we put music usually in our shows and for different segments. I have a feeling we're going to have to come up with some sort of amiibo update, uh, bumper music. <laughs> oh man. Uh, maybe possibly. <laughs> well, I don't want to, I don't want to reinforce your, uh, your habits, but, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a common theme in our show. Yeah. Um, and so that's the only Amiibo update I have, but, uh, the last thing I've been entertained by, uh, was on Sunday evening. They had the 40th anniversary, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, celebration, amalgamation, whatever you want to call it. Did you catch any of that? Uh, I caught bits and pieces of it. We were trying to watch, uh, that movie Sunday night, but I I caught a little bit of the red carpet and probably about an hour of the show. I mean, it was a three hour show, so... I wasn't yeah, able to so. watch. I wasn't able to watch all of it, but I got to check uh, here and there. I got the gist of what they were doing for it, anyways. Yeah, and it, it was fine. It was okay. There wasn't anything super awesomely funny, but there were just a lot of good callbacks and nostalgic yeah. things. Uh, I've always liked the uh, whatever what his name is, Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. I've always liked his, you know, his comic stuff that he's always done. Obviously, they had Wayne's World and stuff, but he had this little uh, thing where they introduce him as a songwriter and he's playing piano and you know his he was talking about she went to the store downtown and she found some broccoli <laughs> and she's taking it you know she buys it she takes it home and the whole like, he's, he's like she's chopping broccoli <laughs> chopping broccoli yeah, so it's it's just funny, but you have to actually watch the bit to make it see why it's so entertaining. Uh, funny, I don't, but. I don't understand. I I don't say that. You 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 are you projected that very well. Give yourself the some credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and the thing about, like thing about that is, for me, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of SNL in the last couple of years. You know, maybe like once a year or something. Even you know, because like I mean, I grew up. I think we both grew up with like some of the best cast um, mm-hmm. when we were younger. So, you know, with uh, Dana Carvey and um, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and... Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell, yeah. I mean, I, we, we got some of, like, you know, all of the big movie stars. You know, they're movie stars now, but they all started on SNL, and that's kind of what the era we grew up with. So uh, it was fun to see some of them. I, I really... The, I think that one of the bigger hits was, uh, I think, they did a new... A Jeopardy bit, <laughs> which was that was funny. Yeah, really good. So, I like it when uh, Norm Macdonald came in as Burt uh, Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, this is Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was really uh, that was pretty fun. Um, I will say I was watching the red carpet uh, for like I don't know, just a few minutes while we were getting ready to do something, and uh, they were interviewing Jim Carrey. And he had one of the, like the most awkward moments, because they were interviewing. It was him and Tina Fey, and uh, I think Matt Lauer was interviewing them. And before they, you know, like dismiss them or whatever, let them go back to the carpet. Uh, of course, uh, Jim Carrey brings up Brian Williams, mm-hmm. in a, a very awkward joke. And uh, that was one of the most awkward like live television <laughs> things I've ever seen, because they were like, "Oh, okay, um, we're gonna just uh, okay, see you guys later." Yeah. Like, no comment. I, I, I must have not been watching that at that point, but yeah, I heard about that later on. I, I, that'd be funny to go back and see. Yeah, I mean, they, and they poked fun at, fun at Brian Williams in the show, too. I've, I've seen a few times, but... Yeah. Uh, very, very awkward. 
yeah. So that's what I've been entertained by. Um, but I do have a question for you before we get into the news. Um, so the Oscars are coming up this week. This weekend, actually. And nominees for the Best Picture have been announced. Um, and I'm just curious. Who do you think will win Best Picture at the Oscars? And I do have to say that I personally don't... The only category I really pay attention to in the Oscars is the um, uh, the scores, the music category. Um, those are really the only ones that I care about because the movies that I like are never even nominated. Um, but just curious, what do you think uh, might win at the Oscars for Best Picture? Okay, so for Best Picture... Um, I haven't... Uh, Whiplash actually got nominated for that too, but um, that's the only movie I've seen out of that list... Um, but I think I'm rooting for, um, Birdman. I haven't seen it yet, but I really, really want to see it. I am too. I want to see it. And I, I just want Michael Keaton to win Yeah, uh, as the actor because he's nominated for actor. And I also think that that movie could be cool. Um, and I want to see it. So yeah. I want that to win. Yeah. I've been, uh, I, I think I might go check it cause they still, they're still playing out of the cheap seats by my house. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go check that out this weekend. Um, uh, I mean, there's a chance that American Sniper will win it just because of all the, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about it right now. But I think probably overall, Boyhood might win. Yeah. It seems like that's been getting a lot of attention. So I'm I'm gonna say my guess is Boyhood, but I really hope it's Birdman. Yeah, I I. It's hard to say what way the Oscars are going to lead, but uh, the Academy anyway. But I, I hope for uh, Birdman as well. Yeah. So with that, let's get into the news. And typically, you know, I enter in a little something here. But Justin, since you're back, I think that you need to regale us with a live version of Justin's news. <laughs> Is that? I think my was... I think my news uh, bumper changes every week. Cause, uh, I'm lost. I don't remember what I've done in the past. But that's my new. That's like um, that's the kind of news bumper that you hear in the actual newsroom. So it's like the remix. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that is uh, that's my uh, delicious version of uh, that this week. <laughs> Sounds good for me. <laughs> so, in the news, um, there is a sale, a couple of sales it looks like, and I'll cover the one I'm more familiar with, the Xbox Live stores. So, the stores on Xbox One and Xbox 360 have a sale currently going on. That's actually pretty big. Um, they call it the Ultimate Game Sale 2015. Um and there's a ton of games on here uh, that are actually really good and have pretty high percents off. So, for instance, um, the Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor is on sale. It's uh, on sale for, I believe, $30. Um, I'm trying to look at some other ones. The Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris and the Season Pass together is like $11. Um, uh, Sniper Elite 3 is $10. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. So I'm just going to go through the list down here just to kind of see some of the highlights. Alien Isolation, um, Angry Birds Star Wars, uh, which isn't really... I, 
I want it, but I don't want to pay ten bucks for it. I don't want to pay five bucks for it, really. I just because I paid a dollar for it on my phone. I'm yeah. like, why would I pay all this money just to play it on the Xbox, which doesn't even have touch controls? So, yeah, those games yeah. are best with touch controls. So yeah, easier to just manage and everything. Uh, Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare, Costume Quest Two, which I've never played. Uh, Destiny is on sale. Disney Fantasia Music Evolved, which is a really good game, by the way. Uh, you do need to connect to play that, but that is a very good game. Um, it's a music-based game that you kind of are conducting the music that goes on. Yeah. So think of the movie Fantasia, obviously, with uh, Mickey, uh, the Disney movie, where he's conducting and all these different things happen. That's what the game is based around. Yeah. Do you own that game? Yes. Okay. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's actually like... There's not a lot of, there's, I mean, very, very few Connect games, especially that are, like, that high of caliber. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm jealous of Xbox One owners who have that game, because I, I was interested when it was announced. It, I mean, it didn't get a lot of press, I think, because it was a Connect game, but, I mean, it got good reviews. Uh, everyone says it's great, so, and uh, I would, I would, that's one of the games, if I do get an X1, Xbox One, I'll be picking up a Connect because I'll want to check that game out. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. If you have a connect, you should definitely uh, get Disney Fantasia Music involved. It's it's fun to play. Um, you your arms will get tired after three songs, for sure. <laughs> the um, workout, but it's yeah, it's uh it's it's very very engaging, especially if you like turn on surround sound or something too while you're playing. It's pretty cool. Um, Forza Motorsport Five is on sale. Uh, connect Sport Rivals. I mentioned Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Limbo. Shred of Mordor, Monopoly Family Fun Pack, so get your Monopoly on. I have the actual disc version of that. Uh, it's it's pretty decent for a Monopoly if you just want to you know do a quick version of Monopoly. Um, NBA Live 15, I don't know, that's not really up my alley. I'm not much of a basketball guy. I played that on the trial uh, that I have with EA Access. It looked fine, but I don't know, It's I'm not into basketball. I'm also not into soccer, but Pro Evolution Soccer is on sale as well. Uh, Sniper Elite 3, Sticks, Master of Shadows, The Crew, The Telltale Game Collection, which has all the games, that's half off, um, Trials Fusion, and Watch Dogs. Those are the Xbox One titles, and there's a, a fair amount more on the Xbox 360, but uh, you can check those out on your respective game stores. Very good. Sounds like uh, it's uh, quite a sale. Gotta save that money. Yeah. Um, there's also quite a sale on, uh, PlayStation as well. They Ooh, are calling counterpart. it, they're calling it the Critics' Choice Sale. Yeah, Critics. <laughs> uh, a very similar sale, it sounds like, um, you know, you got, uh, it, but the thing about the PlayStation sales is they always list, you know, they got three platforms really that they do sales for now, PS4, PS3, and Vita. Uh, so they've got some older games on here, um. But, so they got Batman Arkham City, uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, uh, Child of Light, which I, I still suggest anyone should play that. Did you, you picked that up, didn't you? I picked it up, but I haven't played through it yet. Okay. That's in my digital backlog. Yeah, that's, it's in my, I, I got it for 360 and then, then I got my PS4 and I haven't gone back to it. Uh, it is a good game. I'm glad I spent a few hours with it. Um, let's see, I got Danganronpa's for the PS Vita. Uh, Dark Souls, Destiny, Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls, 
uh, which is also a very good game if uh, anyone hasn't played that. I, I got to play that with my brother uh, co-op for a couple, uh, you know, a whole night. I think we played for like six, seven hours straight. <laughs> uh, it's a very addicting game. Um, nice. Disney Infinity, Dragon Age, Inquisition, Far Cry 4, FIFA, Hohokam, uh, Luftrausers. Uh, Luftrausers. Yes, which that is also a very fun game. I've I've put hours into that game. And uh, it's the kind of game that it, it's it's a continue. I don't know how it's a continuous shooter, kind of like uh, the same vein as uh, Geometry Wars. You know, it's you play until you get you know until you get hit um, or die. Uh, that's on sale. Very good game. Uh, I highly suggest anyone play. I've on my Vita, and it is a lot of fun. Um, Mercenary Kings, Metro, Ali Ali, uh, and uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, one of the, oh, the Telltale Games Collection, uh, 44 bucks, and I think that's the same one that we've mentioned before, where it's, I think it's all of their games up to date, uh, I don't, not including, uh, Game of Thrones or, uh, Borderlands. The one on Xbox includes Walking Dead 1 and 2, um, The Wolf Among Us, Game of Thrones, um, and the, the other one that just is coming out right now. Oh. oh uh, What's it called? Borderlands? Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe it, it must be the same one then. I, I wasn't familiar, but, uh, but that's on sale for 44 so that's, uh, good. Um... You can also get, they have all of the individual ones listed too, like Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us, uh, Season Passes, and uh, Wolfenstein looks like it's on there too. So yeah, uh, good good sale, just like Xbox. So. Excellent. All right. So is that all on the sale side of things? Do you uh, want to move on to some, some controversy? Oh, I love controversy. Not really, actually. I hate controversy. I think it's... Uh, pointless but yes let's talk about it anyways <laughs> <laughs> so there there's been a little bit of a uh a scuttlebutt we'll say um with the order 1886 its official release date is this friday um but the reviews have come out people have played it early and it can be beaten in about five hours five and a half yes yeah, so I think it was like Monday or Tuesday that the news kind of broke because someone had leaked footage of them playing or speedrunning this game. Um, and yeah, they said like four or five hours or five to six hours. Uh, which, uh, so now that the reviews have come out, we get a little more truth about that. Uh, it sounds like it could be beaten in that amount of time because um, it is a very linear game. It's a linear third-person shooter. Uh story driven uh but hey i mean now that we have the truth i mean it's kind of like i mean it's settled it is a shorter game five hours is not really giving it credit but it is a shorter game nonetheless i think a lot of people are saying like eight to ten hours you know 12 hours if you like explore a little bit Mm -hmm. um but uh me and you can discuss uh how do you i mean do you look at quantity in a game or do you look at quality? Uh, you know, does it matter? You know, I think, you know, with it, it, keep in mind that this is a $60 game. 
because mm-hmm. no one would say anything if this was a twenty dollar game. I don't think. Um, but it's a sixty dollar full budget game, and it you know you know like I I said I'm so is Far Cry Four, and I'm not even halfway through that game, and I've got eighteen hours in it. Yeah. So, but what's what's your opinion on that quality quantity? You know what's what's the winner for you? So everybody has their own opinion and their own very, uh, you know, I want it to be long or I want it to be good or I want it to be easy to beat. I don't want to lose where I'm at. You know, people have all different sort of perspectives that I look at it with. For my opinion, coming from a person who has played both very short, like Metal Gear, the Phantom, not the Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Run Zeros, um, which can be beaten in an hour, really, um, and the very long Dragon Age Inquisition. It's hard to say which I want. The problem with a game like Dragon Age, and I love Dragon Age, but it it gets so long that a lot of things can be forgotten before you even get to the end of the game. Um, and if you were to sit down and play that game straight through, like you you bunkered down and you were just going to play nothing, do nothing but play that game, not sleep or anything, it would take you at least four days straight and then some to beat that game, right? And there's no way that you can remember everything that happens in those four days uh, that you come across in the game. You know, different events will stand out. But then you have a game like The Order 1886 that comes out, highly cinematic. You know, it's very stylized to be like you're watching a movie. Um, It's twice the length of a movie, so you have that. But at the same time, it's a $60 price point. So, therein lies the controversy. You have one end of the spectrum against the other. Now, Metal Gear was $30 for, for that game. And they knew going into that game that Metal Gear was going to be easy to beat, but it was also meant to be played multiple times. Now, I don't know if that's the same is meant to be said for The Order 1886. So, from what I've seen from the reviews and feedback is that it's, it's more of a cinematic, straight-shot, single-storyline game. And there's no multiplayer to keep you playing the game either. Yeah. So, in my point of view... The length of the game doesn't much matter. However, I don't think they should charge a full $60 for a game that's, you know, less than 10 hours. And I know development costs, obviously you want to polish it, you want to get it looking the best as you can, you want to present a great package. And you don't want to, you know, just put filler in there. Filler is never a good thing. Like backtracking, going places that you've always you've already been. Sometimes that's just put in there to make a game seem longer. But I'm all for a straight game that's like six or seven hours long as long as it's priced appropriately. And I just think that 60 bucks is, might be a little bit too high of a price. I mean, throw a bone, lower it to 50 you know, lower it to 40 I think that would be about right, and I don't think anybody would complain at that point. Uh, yeah, so I think I, think I agree with you um, for um, just about everything. I mean, I agree... Um, like I don't, when I look at games, I don't typically like look, like do the math and go, well, I played twenty hours or sixty dollars. You know, how many dollars per hour is that that I got my entertainment value? Or I never think about that. I when I play a game, if I had a good time with that game, 
I I don't you know, I don't really look at what I spent on it or not. Um, but like with that said, like like you said with like games like Ground Zeroes that were also criticized for being short, you absolutely can go back in and play that, and there there are several more options and things to play around. You could put you know I'm sure there's plenty of people who have put in. 20 30 hours in that game because they love that new you know they are excited for metal gear Mm -hmm. but yeah from what i've heard this game it's you know it's a storage of a game that you don't really want to play a second time yeah and that's the thing replay value it it can be a short game but is the replay value there yeah another thing i mean because like you know i don't work in marketing or sales necessarily but I mean, I tell you right now, especially with the news coming out about how short it is, I'm not going to go buy I was very excited for this game, but I'm not going to go spend $60 for it. Well, knowing that it's so short, you can just go to the store, rent it for a weekend, like, you know, from a, I was about to say Blockbuster, but that doesn't exist anymore. There's a there's a chain called Family Video around here yes. that yeah, yeah, that's, you can I think, go I think it's the only from. chain around here now that's available. But yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's my option now, and... That's not, I mean, yeah, rental. I'm sure that selling games to rental uh, companies is profitable for them too, but if they had lowered it down to $40, I think there's a lot more people out there who'd be willing to buy this game even after the news of it being short. Mm-hmm. Um, because it does look amazing. I mean, it looks right up my alley, you know. I love short uh, sh- story-driven games. I mean, like, that's why I loved Last of Us so much, because uh, just the story is good and the cinematic value. How long was Last of Us? I can't even remember. Uh, it felt like it was at least twelve or I think, fourteen. I think, I think it was there. twelve or thirteen, which I think I feel like that's like standard, uh, kind of for like a single player playthrough of something. Um, for like you know like minimum like almost like a minimum for sixty dollar games is like ten, twelve hours you know minimum. Uh, and that's that's great, but when you're doing six to eight hours, that's that's pushing it. Yeah. So uh, I I understand the controversy in this one. Actually, I think a lot of people people have fought back and said, well, it's quality quality over quantity, but uh, this is a little too much, I think, for my taste. Yeah. So, like I like I said, I think this is the perfect rental game for sure, and I'm sure it'll be a great story, but. I definitely think that the length of it is going to hurt the studio in the long run, and I mean I don't I don't know what more there is to really uh, to say at that point, but maybe there will be DLC that kind of strings it out a little bit farther, and maybe it'll you know compel people not to sell their game back to GameStop because you know this game is going to go back to GameStop, it's going to go you know back to Amazon, they're going to do all these resale outlets. And so the, the developer is not going to get a lot of money from this game because mm-hmm. of that. So the developer is really going to be hurting in the long run for this game. And that's that's the sad part. I would much rather, if I had a PlayStation 4 and this game came out and I was interested in it, I would not buy it just on principle at the current price. However, I mean, you know, I have a unique perspective, honestly, whereas I can get something from Best Buy, a brand new game for 20% off, you know, for $48 for a brand new game. So my perspective is a little bit 
narrower than that side of things because I for a full sixty dollar game I don't even pay sixty bucks for, which is fine by me. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's one of those things where I think that if they would have just priced it a little bit lower, even fifty or something, I think nobody would have cared. Everybody would be like, okay, I got you. It's it's a little bit shorter, but you know, you, you gave us a discount. Absolutely. So, if anyone from Ready at Dawn is listening, because <laughs> I'm sure there are, uh, <laughs> those are our marketing tips for you guys uh, next time. Uh, but yeah, the first taste is free. <laughs> Uh, so that was the that was the main controversy in the video game sites and uh, news this week, uh, but, but some more exciting news. Surprising, even. Yes. So I don't I don't even know if, if this company has ever actually had a press conference before, and if it if they have, it was been, it's been a long time. However, uh, Bethesda, company that brings you the Elder Scrolls game. Uh, as well as many hours of Skyrim and Dragon Slaying. And, uh, what was the other game that they had? Oh, yeah, everybody's talking about it. Fallout. Um, Fallout 3 Fallout. was uh, the last game in that series. Mm-hmm. So they announced they're going to have a press conference this year at E3, which, I mean, you don't announce a press conference at E3 just for the fun of it. You're not going to yeah. say, hey, look at our last year. This is the game we put out. Yeah. So everyone's kind of wondering what they're gonna do. Yeah, um, it's the Sunday Sunday before the E three actually starts. It's like it's like the day before or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most press conferences actually take place before E three starts. Yeah. Um, just so you know, like so Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo, they actually have their events before the E three show. Yeah. Opens. Because I think the show is like what Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Because I think I think uh, Xbox and PlayStation are on. Their conferences are on Monday, I think, or something. I mean, because, yeah, for the first couple of days, they just use that area to host all of these conferences, not the actual show, per se, or it doesn't really open yet, but... Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they announce there. What What are you hoping for? Do you Have you ever played any of the um, um, Fallout games? Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's what everyone's speculating, is because... Um, the Fallout Three team, uh, yeah, I played Fallout Three. It's, I loved Fallout Three. I put tons and tons of hours into it. It was right up my alley. Um, I mean, if you've played Skyrim, think Skyrim, but in a sci-fi um, post-apocalyptic world with guns, because uh, mm. it it is like the same. It was the same engine as. Um, uh, I don't know if it was the same engine as Skyrim, or, but it, it's that same style, you know. Um, First-person adventure. Uh, but um, uh, that's the big rumors that f- they're going to announce Fallout 4, because everyone's been waiting for it. Um, and I, I really, really hope it is, because I would love to see Fallout 4 come out soon. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, they're also probably going to be an announcement from the team that made... Um, uh, Dishonored. I think there, there's a, the team that made Dishonored hasn't announced a, their next game yet, uh, but that that studio is still around, so we should be hearing something from them this year about whether it's a Dishonored two or a new franchise or what they're working on. If if it's a, if it's another Dishonored game, they need to call it Still Dishonored. <laughs> yes, uh, 
And you heard it here here first, folks. So uh, please give the credits to that's entertaining pot. <laughs> uh, ye- so yeah, I did you did you play Dishonored? Uh, it's in my backlog. <laughs> yeah, I I, I mean I played it for I, I had gotten it at some point, you know, on a Steam sale or something, and played it for a little bit, and I understood why everyone liked it so much, but I never got to play it. But oh, it was a good game. I would like to see a sequel. Yeah. So moving on a little bit more into a different aspect of news, and I thought this was kind of cool. No, I don't have a motorcycle. I wouldn't mind one. However, if I had a motorcycle, I would likely get either this helmet or maybe a scout trooper helmet to wear. Um, but they uh, they have announced that there is a Master Chief motorcycle helmet that's going to be available in July. Um, so it's kind of cool. What do you would Would you like to cruise around with uh, a Master Chief helmet? Um, I'm having a hard time imagining. It sounds really cool at first to me, but I do feel like if I ever saw someone riding with that on, it, like, I feel like it wouldn't fit. Like, it wouldn't look right. Because uh, sometimes I see, like, joke motorcycle helmets or whatever, and uh, I'd actually seen, like, one today that was, like, looked like a, a Deadpool mask. Uh, hmm. um, and that almost, like, looked like looked good on the helmet, but... I'm wondering how how I mean it looks amazing. It looks really cool. It looks exactly like the Master Chief helmet, but it's an actual motorcycle safe helmet. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I I hope I get to spot someone on a, a motorcycle in the summer with one of those. My my one of my best friends uh, rides a Harley, so maybe I'll uh, convince him to pick that up. <laughs> nice. Well, moving on, um, now I guess I could have covered this in the Amiibo update, uh, but there was a um, a couple of charts that were released by Nintendo that shows their sales, and it ranks it, you know, by Japan, U.S. and Canada, Europe and Australia, those, so those different markets. Um, so as far as the sales ranking charts go, they have the, you know, the top 10 uh number sold so this is volume so for us and canada i'll go by number 10 we'll go luigi was number 10 peach nine donkey kong eight zelda is seven yoshi is six samus is fifth kirby is fourth pikachu is third Mario is second, and first is Link. So Ooh. it kind of gives you an aspect of who of who is the more popular. And the funny thing is, in Japan, U.S., and Europe, Link was the number one selling in volume as well. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's not too surprising. I think I, I'm. I, I, I guess I would have thought that Mario actually would have been like number one or something, because mm-hmm. he seems like the most recognizable. If you live in Australia, Mario is number one. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, I, I it makes sense to me. Everyone loves Legend of Zelda. I mean, it's like you talk to anyone who had a uh, uh, Super Nintendo in their kid or something. Link to the Past is like their favorite game of all time, still mm-hmm. to this day. Um, and he's a cool looking character. He's like a you know sword wielding elf. You know, he, 
pretty cool character, really, especially that particular toy. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. He, yeah. I, I mean, if I was going to get an Amiibo, he'd probably be one of mine. Yeah. Um, and so that was the, the sales ranks by volume, so the ones that have actually sold. And now, here's another chart. This chart's kind of interesting because it, it, it shows you the rarity, really. Oh, and the hardest ones that you can get a hold of correspondingly because this next chart is the sell-through rate chart. So that means Amiibo that have been shipped and sold through. So the most that have been sold through those lines. So 10 is Yoshi for U.S. and Canada. Uh, 9 is Samus. 8, Rosalina. 7 is Fox. Link is six. Captain Falcon is fifth. Pit is fourth. And then you get the the big three, or the ones that are really hard to find. We Fit Trainer is third. Villager is second. And Marth is first for U.S. and Canada. Hmm. I see. So Marth is the one to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can find a Marth, you definitely snatch him up. But yeah, so those are just a couple interesting charts I thought uh, were entertaining. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Uh, and last bit of news, because uh, I think we're anticipating a movie, uh, the X-Men movie that will be coming out next year. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, we've talked about casting news before, but just one little more tidbit. Um, they did cast Nightcrawler, a young Nightcrawler for uh, Apocalypse. Um, his name is Cody Smith McPhee, uh, and he will be the Nightcrawler in Apocalypse. I don't, I don't recognize him from anything necessarily. I guess he was in Dawn of the Planet of Apes, but I didn't see that. I think he's probably the son. Oh, okay. Um... So, but yeah, he'll, uh, I mean, I, this is interesting to me because Nightcrawler is probably, when I was a kid, he was probably my favorite, uh, X-Men actually. Um, I, he's probably, still in my top three though, for sure. Uh, I think, I think Klaas, you know, him and Klaas are like my favorites. I still, that scene, opening scene of X-Men 2 with him, uh, attacking the White House, that's one of the best movie openings yes yeah exactly because yeah we should note that he a uh, nightcrawler has appeared he was in x2 yes yes uh and yeah it opens up with him uh they did a great uh, you know with all the weird you know with the technology back then the um cg i mean they did an awesome job with uh his smoke disappearing and uh teleportation uh they did a really great job with that and how he can move around it was uh pretty awesome I wasn't a mm-hmm. big fan of the makeup of that character. Uh, of, I think they did like these like weird scars all over his body. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really care for that. But, uh, very, I'm very excited to see him in another movie. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how they, how they, proceed. Mm-hmm. Well, that does it for the news. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? To move into our entertaining 
thoughts. Yes, Iron Man 2. Uh, the third Dos movie. Iron Manis. The third movie in our Marvel... Uh, um, I don't know what we'll call this. Our Marvel Marathon? Yeah. Eh, I just call it the Marvel series or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we can figure out some, some fun name. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. reprises his role, as he will always um, in, you know, in future movies, but reprises his role as Iron Man, and... Uh, uh, this is also directed by John Favreau, I believe. Yep. Um, John Favreau, and uh, I think there was someone else that shared a credit for some of the directing in this one because there was a bit of a tiff in, in the production of this movie where Favreau wanted to go one direction, but Marvel as a studio wanted to go another and start the Avengers building, really. Uh, um, and so you can kind of tell a little bit of things were kind of put in in an odd pacing in this movie. Um, but yeah. Robert Downey Jr. back as Tony Stark, back as Iron Man, delicious. Absolutely, and uh, we get uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a we'll talk about it in a minute, but we're gonna get an appearance, our first appearance of uh, War Machine, which I was very excited for because I didn't really know much about him by that I knew he was gonna be in this movie. So, mm-hmm. I love War Machine. War Machine was always one of my favorites uh, back in the comics and stuff because. I always liked him. I don't. I don't know why, but I always gravitated to him. Maybe it's because he had the big old Gatling gun on him. Yeah, I mean, he looks uh, um, awesome. So, uh, B A, as uh, the kids would say. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so um, real excited for this movie. Uh, starts out um, with, uh, of course, uh, Tony Stark is celebrating. He's jumping out of an airplane. Uh, fireworks going off all around him. And I like that scene because he gets hit by one of the yeah, fireworks and he just too. like can't yeah it's like yeah it's like weird like, I always like, I remember like rewatching the movie like is he get hit with that firework and it just doesn't affect him he just keeps going down um, but yeah he lands down and out come uh, in, in his Iron Man suit uh, the Mark uh, four I believe or Mark three I don't know I I read some stuff about which marks he was on by now um i you know by the time we get to the next movie it doesn't even matter that is very true uh yeah we won't know in avengers i'm sure because it won't matter anymore but um yeah and but i love he lands uh makes his grand appearance iron man and then out come out walks uh tony stark in a tuxedo straight out of the iron man suit Mm mm-hmm so before this though I did I yeah um, I did I missed uh, the very first scene which is important. Yeah, it so that very um first scene that we get in the movie is kind of, you know, the the press conference that the first one ends on and it has uh, a certain Russian looking on it and you know watching the the broadcast and it's Anton or Anton uh Vanko, I think was his last name. Yeah, Vanko Vanko. Yeah. And uh so also, you know, kind of peppering in the the other things of the shared universe, uh, the Agent Carter uh, TV series that's airing right now had a cameo from the same character, so it's kind of cool. 
seeing how that all comes together there. Yeah. But um, so Anton Venko is there. He's dying of something. We don't really know what. I don't believe. Um, and then you know he calls his son to him, and I can't remember his son's name. Uh, I know he becomes a whiplash. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, all I think is whiplash because that's what he becomes. Yeah. So he calls his son Whiplash over to <laughs> Whiplash, uh, get says, over here. Whiplash, yeah. get me an entire tub of vodka, please. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and he says, you know, that that should have been him, mm-hmm. um, this and that. So you can kind of realize that there's some tiff between uh, Stark and Vanko. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that becomes more apparent later on and cleared up a little bit more in the as the movie progresses. But uh, then... Who's the actor that plays Whiplash? Uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey the Rock. Yes, a, a um, very uh, beat, beaten up and battered Mickey Rourke, actually. Mm-hmm. So he plays uh, this character, and <laughs> I gotta say, um, his acting, his so first off, his accent. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, what that that is a, a terrible Russian accent. What are you uh, talking about? It's a very good <laughs> Russian accent. <laughs> uh, but he, he was a, an interesting character uh, with the the bird and everything in there. But yeah, um, this he has this bit of acting here that <laughs> when his dad dies, oh. <laughs> he just looks up. He's like, yeah. something like that. It's like it was. <laughs> you know what it, was it not good. reminds me of though unfortunately um is uh the darth vader scream you know i would, I would much prefer the darth vader scream to that though <laughs> maybe because it's voiced or um masked by you know distortion so you can get by it but yeah it, it is funny you know he he is that father passes he slams some uh big old glass of vodka and um <laughs> Because obviously that's all they drink in Russia, and uh, oh yeah, it, it's on. It's it comes out of their water fountains. They call them vodka fountains. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he, he just looks up and starts like howling. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a little weird and off putting. Yeah. But then we get to the fun Iron Man entrance and stuff. So uh, yeah, so we get to him, you know, crashing down into the the Stark Expo, the beginning of the Stark Expo. With the Iron Man dancers there, so being very flashy with his entrance, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you know he talks about how he wants to change the world. That's what the Stark Expo is all about. This is the first time that they've done it since, I oh yeah, I think it was like the '40s or something. It w- which was interesting because, uh, in Captain America, we'll see the f- I think it was the first Stark Expo or just a Stark Expo. Yeah. That is where um, Bucky and uh, Steve go on a date. It's either a Stark Expo or maybe it's like a World's Fair. I can't remember, um, but I want to say it's a Stark Expo. Yeah, I mean, I know for sure in that scene uh, in uh, Captain America, they're gonna show Stark uh, showing off a new toy. So uh, a uh, um, gravitating car, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it might be the Stark Expo, but either way, it's obviously you know it's the same kind of event. But yeah, uh, yeah. So he's. That's like kind of a kind of a big part of the. It actually turns out to be a very important part for Tony Stark, um, the ex, the expo itself. Uh, but it's kind of like a theme throughout the whole movie that uh, everything's kind of around the expo and it's going to end in the expo and stuff, which is just kind of a big 
conference for a bunch of companies to show off their uh, gadgets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So after the Stark Expo, does I think it goes immediately into him. Um, oh, they're leaving the Stark Expo, and then Kate Mara, who we know from um, House of Cards, yes. and she's going to be Susan Storm in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Oh, yeah, yeah comes out and serves a subpoena for uh, for Tony to appear before the Senate hearing committee. Yes. Uh, and so the hearing was going to be the next day. Doesn't that seem like a bit of a late notice? <laughs> uh, I have a feeling um, that uh, nasty little uh, guy, the main guy that's heading up the, count, the uh, government meeting, he probably purposely, he's, he's got it out for Tony. So they, mm-hmm. the government's, you know out for him so maybe they did it on purpose yeah for him to but come you know what's funny about this whole entire scene so obviously tony is playing to the crowd and everything and uh it's very you know funny but this scene is made so much better by what we find out in um captain america the winter soldier later on and i don't want to bring in all these movies that are coming really but it's hard to, to differentiate them right now because they're so ingrained in our minds <laughs> yeah but, um but this particular character, what we find out about him a long way down the road, oh, yeah, yeah, just yes, makes the yes. scene a lot better. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely bring that up in that movie because that's that's like a fun, well, not fun, but it's a big re- a revelation in that movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, so he's yeah he's at the he he goes to the government meeting. You know, uh, he drives there or whatever with Happy. Um, and uh, he's making, you know, he's in the conference, and he's kind of making a mockery. He's giving the peace sign the whole time, and uh, it's a fun little like scene. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it says that he's successfully privatized world peace. Yes, yeah, it's his tag, like his thing. And uh, then we're introduced to uh, Justin Hammer, mm-hmm. the expert witness, and so Tony just his burns on him the entire time. Yeah, were hilarious. Uh, and- it's like, oh, let me know. Uh, when an expert shows up or something like that. Yeah, he's cracking on the whole time because it's obvious, you know, that Hammer is uh, same, you know, same age as Tony, and probably very brilliant, but just not as brilliant as Tony. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's played by Sam Rockwell, who uh, mm-hmm. he's been around for a long time. He's uh, pretty a very good actor. He's been in a lot of different things. Uh, Moon comes to mind for his big movies. If you've never if you've never seen that, go see it now. <laughs> um uh but yeah and then uh tony like hacks into their uh system because because the government wants the iron man suit is the gist of what's going on um mm-hmm. because it's a weapon and uh you know apparently if you live in the u.s and you have a weapon you have to give it to the government um <laughs> yeah that, that's how that works yeah right? uh so they're arguing they say it's a weapon they want they need uh his iron man suit and he, uh, they're saying that, you know, other people are going to be making the Iron Man suit. So Tony decides to hack into their, uh, presentation and then show them all of these, like, crazy leaked videos of other countries trying to do, trying to create a walking, you know, suit of armor or something. And none of Even Hammer himself, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and Hammer himself, which is, he's got the, probably one of the cooler looking suits, but then we, as we're watching the, his little video, we find out that his suits aren't working very well either 
Yeah, and then their poor pilot inside, like, broke his back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, like, actually really disgusting when you think about it, when you see the mm-hmm. motion of the body, like, turning like that. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, and then, then Tony got some says, I am Iron Man, me and him are the same, you know, you, you will never have him or whatever, and he kind of walks out at that point. Mm-hmm. I like also in this scene we get the introduction of Rhodey in this movie. Oh yeah. So which is obviously last movie was Terrence Howard. Yeah. But so I love the way that he enter, enters in the room. He's like Rhodey, Rhodey. Everyone's kind of surprised that he's coming, and then he comes up and he's like, "I wasn't expecting to see you, bud." And he's like, "You know, you see, he pans up and you see it's Don Cheadle." He's like, "I'm here. It's me. Deal with it." And he just go. Yeah. So it's kind of a way to, to address the recast yeah, that happened there. Yeah, it's kind of like a I don't, like a meta joke or something. You know, it's it, they're playing out a little bit on the the actual casting of that character uh, mm-hmm. and the story. So yeah, I, I like and Don Cheadle knocks it out of the park. So because um, I was a little upset because I like Terrence Howard. He did a good job in the first movie, but um, uh, I like uh, Don Cheadle's. Uh, roadie a little bit better i think uh mm-hmm. so because uh, he can he can still he still has like a little bit of that fun part of you know because all the marvel movies are a little bit fun and funny and he has that in him too to act that out so mm-hmm. so while this is happening um i think it goes back to russia and it shows us whiplash building his own version of the arc reactor mm-hmm. and also making some some weapons to use and then uh, we wonder what he's going to be doing with that as he gets a passport and I think a ticket uh, to some sort of race in Monaco handed to him. Yeah, uh, he's obviously preparing for something. He's got some, you know, he builds that. He's building a weapon, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, then we see Tony is uh, he's going to a, a Monaco Grand Prix race. Um, he's uh, you know there's some bitter banter with. Uh, Justin Hammer there, and, um, oh, you know what? I think we might have missed, because, is this the first? I think we missed the reveal about him needing, like, he he's, keeps measuring his blood toxicity level. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I, and so we kind of, we get the, the thing revealed, I think, somewhere around these, this time, yeah. that he has poisoning coming from the arc reactor from the, the metal that he has to use yeah, in it. Yeah, pal- palladium poisoning, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we find that out that he's uh, essentially like slowly dying. He's got all these uh, weird scars showing up on his chest. Um, he has to replace them, you know that that metal in his uh, reactor like a lot, and uh, something's not. He's not well. It's it says it's like fifty percent toxicity or something like that. You know that part mm-hmm. of the thing. So. Uh, you know, they kind of mentioned that, and you have to keep that in the back of your mind. And um, uh, We also get an introduction. I think this is the first time we've seen Black Widow. Yep. She comes in as a notary so that Tony can sign over the company, like the CEO of the company, to Pepper. Uh, because, you know, Tony's been Iron Man. He hasn't been able to focus on the company. So he thinks the best idea is just to hand it over to Pepper. Yeah. And obviously that's probably a smart move. Yeah. Um. But it is, like, I think with that and the poisoning thing, it comes into question, like, is he just acting reckless because he's he knows he's dying and he doesn't have a solution yet? Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, he just seems to be making a joke out of everything, really. Yeah. Yep, so we get this uh, 
Scarlett Johansson character in it. She doesn't. I think she goes by Natalie. Um, I don't think we hear her say Romanoff until later. Um, but uh, she comes in. She steps into a ring, and I think uh, Happy was gonna <laughs> spar with her yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But then he's like, yeah, she he, she handles herself. Yeah, he's like teasing her. He's like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you know, a little Taibo or something, you know. And uh, he's like, kind of gently touching her, like you know, he's got boxing gloves on. And then uh, she proceeds to uh, take him to the ground pretty forcibly and, and quickly jump back up like she didn't just reveal, you know, her skill set. Uh-huh. That was funny. Like, he was saying like he tripped or something. Yeah. He's a he's a very comedic character. And in, in all of the Iron Man movies, he's a, like a comedic character. He's uh, And I, I like John Favreau, so. Mm-hmm. And then we end up in Monaco. And so one of the things that we see in Monaco, so being a fan of the Iron Man comic... Um, when I saw this, I got giddy. Was the uh, Happy is carrying this briefcase, which is basically just the Iron Man suit in a briefcase. Yeah. I which, loved that. Which I, I mean, uh, that's, this is one of those situations where the, um, I think the previews gave away that, what that was going to be. Because I'm pretty sure they show him at some point, like, stepping on that suitcase in the preview and put on that, that suit. I'm sure. So, which, yeah, it's like... That's one of those, yeah. I think you guys talked about it, uh, I think, last week or the week before, about do we really need this many trailers and previews? Because mm-hmm. that's exactly why I don't, like... Because, you know, as soon as I see that suitcase, now I'm just expecting it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm expecting them to put on that suit. But we do, they, we spot that, and uh, we know that it's... I think it's, like, handcuffed to Happy or someone. Or, yep. Uh, cuffed to Happy. Cuffed to, yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, we see... Uh, um, Tony Stark's, you know, he he's there. He's, uh, I think he's supposed to just be watching the race or something. Like, Tony Stark is, uh, or the Stark Industries sponsors a car there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, with the, um, you know, Tony Stark acting a little uh, reckless, he decides he's going to race uh, in the race instead. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he just goes down there and kind of gets the other driver out of there, and he, he's going to race in um, a Grand Prix uh, when he's probably never done that before. <laughs> yeah. And we, when he's in the bar, too, we, we see Hammer and him kind of talking again. And there's a reporter that was in the first movie um, that was there in that bar, too, with uh, Hammer's character mm-hmm. that was going to be doing a piece on him. But then as soon as she sees Tony, she wants to kind of talk about Tony. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, you get more of that, you know. They make it obvious in this movie, like, Hammer feels inferior, and he's, he's, you know, under uh, Tony's shadow. So, because mm-hmm. they're, they're in the same game, you know, to, uh, or, uh, Hammer makes uh, uh, weapons, Hammer Industries make wep- weapons, so, but he just can't get underneath uh, Tony's shadow. So they make that a little obvious. Yeah. So then Tony's racing his race car in a certain... Vanco, with whips, comes out and starts creating some havoc. Yeah, that's the first time we get to see those uh, uh, whiplash, really, you know, come out and uh, whip around those uh, giant um, electrified whips that, like, slice through everything. And uh, a really, really awesome scene, because they do a little slow-mo with, like, cutting the um, cars in half and stuff. And uh, he, because he, he Cuts a few cars in half, and then uh, Tony comes around the corner and he slices his car. 
uh, it makes him, you know, flip out of control. Yeah. And then Happy and Pepper show up and give him the briefcase, and he gets on the Iron Man armor from the briefcase, which, again, giddy. Yeah. And uh, so then he proceeds to fight him as Iron Man. Yes, which is, uh, you know, that that was the suit that we actually seen a lot of previews and, like, uh, posters, because it's a different looking suit. It's, um, yeah. like, silver and red or something instead of, like, gold and red and a uh, really cool looking suit. And you can tell it's, like, a little bit skinnier version, I think, uh, mm-hmm. probably so it can fit in that briefcase, but really awesome. Just to, And just to see him, like, just grab the suit and it puts itself on him, uh, yeah. really fun to watch. But uh, after he puts the suit on, he is able to uh, stop uh, Whiplash, and uh, uh, but he pretty much destroys his suit in the process. Uh, yeah, you know, it, you can you can tell that he's uh, concerned with uh, how he performed in that little fight, and that someone else has the same tech, you know, the same arc reactor technology that he does. Yeah. So then we we. I think we see him go in to visit the guy in the jail. Yeah, we see him visit him in uh, uh, jail, and like they say, you know, he's got no fingerprints, and he, they don't even really know who he is yet. And then uh, uh, he proceeds to tell Tony Stark that uh, basically he he knew I think he knew he wasn't going to defeat Tony, but uh, he wanted to show the people that um, Iron Man's not in the vent. Undestructible, you know. He said, "I think he's got that cool line." He says, "If you could make God bleed, you know, what would people still believe in him?" You know. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool little scene. I like that. Yeah. So then, uh, he's not in the jail for long. We see um, a jailbreak scene. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy that looks just like him shows up, and um, I think he blows up the room so that there would just be like a charred body. Uh, and he gets out there, and we see that Hammer is the one who orchestrated the escape. Yeah, yeah. which looks like some weird... There's some funny scenes with them, too, because, yeah, we see that Hammer's obviously not such a good guy. He broke this guy out. Um, he's asking for his help to build uh, to build those Iron Man suits that he couldn't build, you know, that we've seen earlier in the movie. He wants to build them, make them better. Mm-hmm. Uh, with and he's, you could see him trying to build them with you know when he shows up later. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, I think that's when we first get you know uh, he at the Vanco um, he asked for his bird, and mm-hmm. there's some uh, humor there with uh, asking for the bird and the language barrier. Yeah, but yeah, so then we yeah that's when we find out you know Vanco's working with Hammer to make these suits. So then, we see, I think it goes to Tony, and he's in a party. Or he's having like some sort of party. I can't remember why there's a party. Um, and Rhodey shows up there. He don't, Before he goes in, he's on the phone with somebody from DOD or something. that says, I personally guarantee Iron Man will be back, you know, helping us within 24 hours. And then he goes in there, Pepper's a mess, and she's like, is it that bad? And he sees that it's Tony up there drunk uh, in the Iron Man suit. Yeah, which I actually really like this scene because, I mean, let's it, let's be honest. If you were Tony Stark and you had this suit, you probably would, like, you know, you know have a few too many drinks and uh, 
uh, bust out the suit at a party because why not? I mean, it'd probably be fun. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we can see that Tony's not in a good place. He's, uh, you know, drinking a little bit and being extremely reckless. Yep. I think at one point there's people that are starting to throw up like bottles and he's hitting them with his arc reactor or not his arc reactor, his repulsors. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's some issues there and Rhodey is not happy. So, uh, that's when we first see Rhodey uh, decide that he's going to step into uh, one of uh, Tony. Uh, I think I think it's actually the first prototype uh, or second prototype uh, suit Tony makes in the first movie. The silver mm-hmm. suit. So, okay. So this is the first time that you really see anybody in the suit other than uh, Tony. And Tony has the arc reactor in his chest, so that's what powers him. So he must have made this suit to run for somebody else. Why? Why would he do that? Um, yeah, well, I think in the first movie... I mean, they hint that Warhammer's coming, too, in the, or uh, War Machine's coming, because uh, in the first movie they mentioned, like, I think he says something about getting him... A suit someday or something like that mm-hmm. uh but i th- I, I think in the comics too i think it was always like a plan like that he was gonna he i mean he's best friends with you know air force chief i would assume that at some point he planned on maybe letting him uh try on the flying suit yeah so obviously this suit wasn't necessarily made for tony in mind because it, you know has its own power source so what uh what does Rhodey do when he gets the suit on? He goes upstairs. He tells everybody that they probably need to want to get out, and then he he proceeds to engage in fisticuffs. Yes, a uh, very fun fight with with uh, between War Machine and well, I mean, he's not really a War Machine yet. He's just not in a suit yet right now. Uh, but yeah, we see like a fist fight with uh, him and Iron Man, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're throwing around you know, barbells and uh, punching each other through walls and stuff. Uh, yeah. But Tony's had a few too many drinks, and uh, Rhodey proceeds to uh, whoop his butt pretty mm-hmm. much. And then after that, I mean, so they have this thing where they both, you know, fire the repulsors at each other, and then just creates this big explosion. Tony gets knocked down, and I think he realizes what's happening at that point, and he sees Rhodey fly off with the Iron Man suit because Rhodey didn't want to take the Iron Man suit that he had. He obviously just wanted to, you know, let Tony take care of his own thing. But seeing what happens when you know he's had a few too many drinks and sticking his neck out from him, he feels like the right thing to do is to take this suit back to the government. Yeah. So uh, I think yeah we see a there's uh, a scene here where he brings the suit back. Uh, and you know they thank uh, the general or something thanks him, and then we mm-hmm. cut over to uh, uh, Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit still uh, eating donuts on top of a on top inside of a giant donut on top of a do- donut shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's you know I mean he's rocking the shades, obviously enjoying his uh, morning you know probably hungover morning. Oh yeah, because you know. You- the night after a hard party, you always want some donuts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nothing but sugar up in that belly. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we... Uh, so there's some more... There, there's quite a bit of stuff about... Um, uh, with uh, 
Agent Fury. Nick Fury. Nick Fury, yeah. Um, he comes and in. And Agent Coulson's there. And yeah. And Natasha gets revealed as an agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and I think uh, it's this is kind of a scene where, you know, in the end of the first Iron Man movie, they've mentioned the Avengers initiative um, in the post credit scene. And now we see that they're still keeping tabs on uh, Tony and um, they're rooting for him or something, you know. They're... But uh, it's obvious that he needs a little bit of help, and I think Tony's asking him, like, well, you know, what do I do, or, you know, because I think they know he's dying. Yeah, I mean, Fury seems to know that he's got this issue with him, and he knows that, like, he was tight with Howard, you know, because Howard was one of the uh, people who made S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, he was a founding member. Yeah, and so... He says that he knew his dad, and his dad, you know, had much faith in him to be able to figure this thing out. He just couldn't at the time, and so, you know, start, uh, Fury gives him this, uh, gives him this crate. Uh, he opens it up, and there's a, there's an old, you know, can or not canister, but uh, um, film in there that he puts in, and it's, it's Howard, you know, talking to the camera about the different inventions that he has. Um, and then he lets it play for a few minutes. He's looking at something else. And then we see Howard talking directly to Tony, you know, recording this message for the future and saying that he, the technology of his day is limited. He can't do this, but he knows that uh, Tony will be able to finish this and be able to live on this legacy, which echoes what uh, uh, Tony said at the beginning of the movie at the expo. That it's not about them. It's about the legacy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, cool. So, that I... Then we, I think, uh, at some point where they do show um, Vanko uh, working on the um, machines for or the uh, suits for Hammer, but he's uh, says he's building uh, re- like remote control suits, like uh, an- like dro- drones. drones, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Hammer's upset, but. Uh, he prom, you know, Vanko promises him that, you know, this is the right direction that th- these are better, and mm. I think he says something like, uh, that the only thing he can make them do though, but in time for the presentation is, uh, make them salute. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't make uh Hammer happy, but. But Hammer's got an ace in the hole, man. He's got that war machine. Yeah. Or not war machine. They're not, I don't think they're they're calling it war machine, but, not at this point yet. Uh, and he has all these little weapons that he's going through and saying, I got this, uh, but this isn't heavy enough for you. He's got this, and he you know, pulls out the Gatling guns and everything. And then he pulls out his his masterpiece, this little bit of, he calls it the ex-wife, that's, you know, his his best, uh, which just plays out for a funny joke later on. But uh, he wrote, he's like, I'll take it. And he's like, which one? He's like, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which is pretty, uh, and then there's like, you know, Hammer, like, drops his jaw a little bit. Like, oh, okay, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we, you know, that's when we think we realize we're getting the War Machine uh, actual suit, I think, now, after he yeah. puts all this stuff in there. Yeah, and so meanwhile, Tony's putting together his father's message, uh, realizing what he needs to, uh, to make this legacy happen, and creates a new element. Yeah, uh, which I think it's like... So it turns out his dad, you know, designed the expo. Uh, it turns out the expo layout is like the layout for an an atom or an element, 
and Tony recognizes this and you know somehow synthesizes a new element after he realizes mm-hmm. this, you know he does his dad helped him he gave him the clues to build this so yeah he's that line he's like dead for was it 30 20 years still taking him to school yeah yeah, yeah. uh which is pretty cool um and wh- while he's uh building this new uh um material he there's a i like this part where uh colson walks down and kind of because supposedly colson's supposed supposed to have been babysitting him make sure he's mm-hmm. uh up, um making sure he's doing good uh colson comes down and uh picks up a, a very familiar sh- looking shield yeah where did you get this yeah and it's uh do you know what this is it's like, yes that's perfect Bring it. yeah it's uh like a captain america um looking shield i mean it, it doesn't even look like the actual shield it looks like uh a prototype yeah or something. something um and uh tony's like oh give me that you know he, and he like uses it as uh a step or a, a stool pretty much like he puts it underneath something else he's working yeah, to to level something yeah, out. Yeah, like junk, but uh, almost like a hadron collider that he was trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah. So Tony uh gets a new core. It's a triangle shaped core, and uh, as soon as he puts that um that bad boy in to his chest, uh, his scars start to go away from the poisoning, and he's feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. So Tony's got an upgrade, and meanwhile, uh, Vanko is also making his own little upgrade for his own suit. He's he's p- building his own arc reactor and making it stronger than the one he made before. Yeah, and it, I think we also this is where we see him. Uh, he kills um, some of the guards that are watching over him, or uh, that some of uh, the Hammer Industry guards. So he's obviously up to no good, and uh, I think that actually like so like. Right after Tony uh, makes that new uh, chess piece is when I think Vanko calls him mm-hmm. and kind of gives him a warning. And I think that's when he realizes that, you know, obviously Vanko's still alive and that there's some something bad's going on. And uh, he realizes he needs to warn Rhodey. Yep. And so then he makes his way to the expo uh, where... Hammer is demonstrating, or revealing rather, his uh, his drone army, and then so he has one for each branch of the military, um, and then he has Colonel James Rhodes in the war machine. Yes. So we that's when we first get our first look at uh, War Machine with the Gatling gun and everything, uh, mm-hmm. looking awesome. But yeah, Tony shows up and uh, gives him a warning. And uh, from here on out, we pretty much just have, like, one really long, awesome fight scene. Yeah. Um, Big old battle interlaced with, uh, I think, uh, Natasha and Happy going to the, uh, uh, where Hammer was. Yeah. Like, where, uh, not where where Hammer was, but in Hammer Industries, where Whiplash was at. Um, And, you know, Happy gets in a fight with this one guy. Meanwhile, Natasha levels everybody else. Yeah, I, I love that scene. Like... Cause Happy's like battling it out with this guy, like fist fighting, while mm-hmm. uh, meanwhile um, Natasha or uh, Black Widow um, does, like takes out like twenty guys, and uh, right after Happy knocks out his guy, he looks up and sees all the bodies, and he's like, "I got him," and then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, too late." 
Yeah, and it is a pretty cool scene though when uh, when all the the drones turn on and Rhodey is hacked by um, by Vanko as well, so he's under control. Yeah, he's trapped in the in the uniform and kind of trying to help out Tony, saying, "Hey, I'll be here on your six, whatever." Yeah, um, yeah and there's just one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this one scene where there's a, a robot that's like searching for Iron Man and he sees this kid the, in the Iron Man outfit. And I mean, you kind of squeamed just a little bit because you know what could happen. Yeah. But Iron Man flies in, you know, stops him and then it's like, oh, good job kid. And then flies off. Mm-hmm. That was just a really cool little moment. Yeah. I like that too. It's like to show that like in this universe or, you know, Iron Man really, I mean, almost kind of how we have toys of Iron Man and stuff now. Like, in the movie universe, like, it's the same way. Everyone loves Iron Man, you know. He's mm-hmm. a super... He, he, but he's, like, a real superhero, so... I like yeah. that. But, yeah, he's, uh, you know, there's, like, you know, who knows? I mean, like, 20 or 30 drones pretty much chasing uh, Iron Man. And he's finding uh, different ways to take one or two out at a time. Yeah. I like that scene or that part where he's flying through the and he flies through the world, a little globe there, mm-hmm. and then uh, he levels out a lot of them. Um, but then it goes into uh, into this eco chamber kind of like area. It almost looks like a park. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Re- Rhodey reboots at that point and is able to control the War Machine armor. And then everybody shows up and uh, continues the fight. Um, I think it was funny with this part. It, it was a nice little little scene, I think, with the two of them trying to prepare for battle. And it's like the big gun on top, and so both of them start walking towards. It. It's like, no, you have a big gun. I am the big. Yeah, gun. yeah. You can see a little bit like they're they're having fun with each other. Uh, but then they, they it's really awesome scene where like they they end up fighting back to back, pretty much like just all the guns they can, just you know, and like the war machine gathering guns just going and really awesome scene with them mm-hmm. destroying all of these uh drones yeah and then uh iron man says to Rory to get down and then he fires off these laser things and pretty much levels everybody yeah and Rory's like yeah i would leave with that next time he's <laughs> like oh this is a one-time thing yeah uh but then so they think i think they think they're done with you know destroying a lot of drones and that's when we get to see the upgraded whiplash come out mm-hmm. and uh they have a little uh fight with him uh, nothing too crazy, but uh, it's a, you know, he's kicking their butt pretty much for a while. Yeah, he's, and he's then, kind of in his own suit now, with you know the he's still got the electri- electrified uh, lat whiplashes, but um, he's also in a you know a big suit, mechanical suit. So yeah. So I like this scene there where because it harkens back to earlier. Oh no! So before, harkening uh, back to another spot is when he shows up, he fires that, War Machine fires that missile at him, and it, it's a dud, it doesn't do anything. It's like it's supposed to be the the biggest piece that Hammer has that he wants to use. Um, it just doesn't do anything at all. That was funny. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I really liked that scene. Um, and then after that, they they both get trapped by him. Yeah. And, you know, in the whips, and then they fire their repulsors at each other and make that big explosion. Yeah, kind of how they did in the uh, original fight. Um uh, back in Tony's house, and mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, this time they they do the repulsors together to make a big explosion and destroy um, uh, Whiplash. Yep. Um, 
and then uh and then it, it you know it's it's never over of course uh, yeah. and they realize that all the drones are rigged to explode uh and that's like Blanco's last you know weapon as he's dying yeah. as he triggers the, um the countdown and I, I like that scene there so both war machine and iron man fly off you know and then tony flies for pepper yeah so you can really tell that he's he's thinking about other people now he's thinking about someone else and he flies in real quick and in the nick of time saves pepper before that thing blows up yeah uh so i mean and that's i mean that that's kind of pretty much the end of the movie really i mean um they saved the day really and uh I think this is when we, the very end of the movie is when we get to see that same uh, butthead uh, counselor guy. Um, yeah, the senator. Senator Stern. So Senator Stern is the the guy that comes and pins the medal on him. Yes. After the, And that's, so first we get uh, Nick Fury talking to Tony and he sees the Avenger initiative and then uh, he's looking at Natasha's uh, assessment of him. Uh, and he says, Iron Man, yes, for Avengers. Tony Stark, no. Yeah, so we, this is when we first get a sense that uh, maybe Iron Man won't be, you know, you know, he's got some work to do, some uh, personal uh, decisions to start making if he wants to actually be a leader in this team. Mm-hmm. Yep, so then you get to Senator Stearns pinning the medals on him begrudgingly, um, and then the movie's over. However, then you get to the stinger at the end. Mm-hmm. And you have the scene where Agent Coulson goes to New Mexico. And what do you see in the crater? Ooh, uh, Molinier. I think, I think that's how you pronounce it. Molinier, the Thor's hand. Mjolnir. Molinier. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. <laughs> uh, uh, we see... It's funny, in, in Iron Man, there's a girl that calls it Meow Meow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Thor's hammer is sitting in the middle of uh, the desert. So, of course, uh, Thor is going to be the next movie to come out, as is yep. Thor is going to be our next movie to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. And so, as a special feature uh, in, in the DVD that came out, there's a, um, a one-shot, they call them, like a little short, that's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer. So, uh, it's just showing Agent Coulson. He stops off to get gas and get some, some snacks, and... There's these two guys that are trying to rob this little shop, and he he takes them out handily, uh, just buy some stylized karate and stuff, and pays for his stuff and leaves, <laughs> and then it goes. It's over. So that's the the little one shot that kind of takes place at this time period too. Is a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer? Yeah, I I haven't so, I haven't seen like I don't think I've seen any really one shots. Surprisingly, oh, they're good. Yeah, because I I never I never I mean like I have the uh, special edition of this um, of Iron Man two. And, like I never got to watch around the the special features, but oh. yeah, in Iron Man three, I think there's a a one shot called Hail the King or Hail to the King, um, and we actually see Hammer in that one, so it's kind of funny. It ties into Iron Man two. So, as you mentioned. Uh, the next movie that's released is Thor, and that will be the movie we discuss next week. Yeah. So, uh, just a question yeah. for you and for the listeners, and we kind of alluded to this earlier. Do you think this movie is better now, knowing what we know now, 
of what's going to come chronologically and without going into you know without getting ahead of ourselves in our in our series here um yeah uh so for me um i i don't i i love iron man 2 it's i i think it's my favorite iron man movie so far what yeah i don't i I don't people think i'm crazy but i like iron man 2 and you know i like iron man 3 iron man 1 isn't as great as everyone you know it's not the end-all be-all of iron man movies it's really good though it is very good um but uh yeah i really like iron man 2 and i think part of that though too is like when iron man 2 came out that was when i was like under starting to understand like the avengers and like because i wasn't a comic book reader as a kid you know, I mm-hmm. you, you, so I didn't really know much about Avengers, but like, after Hulk, because when I realized like, oh no, this is really happening. Like, they're making history by uh, doing all these single movies and then pulling all these huge actors and superheroes into one movie. Like, so by the time Iron Man two come out came out, I was just like, couldn't get enough of anything. I was like, I can't wait. This is the coolest thing ever that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I was super excited for Iron Man two, uh, but I I like it. I I I like Whiplash as a, a little villain, and uh, I like Iron Man two quite a bit. So I'm ranking these as we go. Um, so my number one is still the first Iron Man, um, and Iron Man two now slots him as my number two, and the Incredible Hulk is my number three. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go Iron Man 2, then Iron Man, and then ending with Hulk. Uh, call me crazy, but I think Iron Man 2 is a little more entertaining than Iron Man 1. To each his own, <laughs> but yes, uh, an entertaining movie for, for sure. Yeah. And I definitely think that it is made better, uh, when you look at what's to come after it and really rewatching it with what you know is to come so yeah so that'll about do it for us this week as we wrap up the show we would like to remind you that there is a um something that i'm trying to give you anybody uh so i mean at first we said you know you do this and this to to enter into win not expecting, you know, how many people would flood into the Twitter uh, to, to enter. And realizing that there's not a flood, it's more of a desolate waste of people who want to enter for this. And I don't know why. It's a great game. Uh, so, enter to win a an Xbox One game, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, to do so, follow Entertaining Pod on Twitter. Tweet at Entertaining Pod. Include the hashtag Entertaining Code. And put whatever you want in there. Smiley face, frowny face, hi, picture of a cat. I don't care. At this point... That'll enter you in to win uh, the black flag code for uh, Xbox Yes, One. at this point, I don't care if you insult us. Just please take our free games. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, enter in for that. Uh, good chance you might win if you do. Um, and, uh, also any feedback that you have, uh, if you agree with our assessment of Iron Man 2, um, if you agree with Justin that it's the best of the Iron Mans, um, let us know. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, obviously, at EntertainingPod. Um, 
and we'd also look out for your reviews on iTunes and Stitcher as well. So uh, we're available on those fine podcasting clients. I'm. It may be on Xbox Podcast now, but I'm not sure. Um, it's a really convoluted process to try to get on there. So <laughs> if it's there, let me know. Uh, I don't have a Windows phone uh, to search for that, but um, we're definitely on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can review us there as well. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at uh, that's entertaining t h a t s e n t e r t a i n i n g at gmail dot com, and you can find me at Sith Nightmare s i t h k n i g h t m a r e on Twitter, and you can find me at uh, at j picky eighty six j p i c k y eighty six. And uh, I would love to hear from anyone at this point. Uh, and please, please, again, we're giving away a free code for a wonderful game. It's a really good game. I love it. It, 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 it was a great very game. Very good game. Even if you haven't tried it, and you're, you know, you're gonna. I know there's lots of new games out. Uh, we don't, we don't care. Take the code, play it for a couple hours. You know, just check it out at least because it's a great game. I paid money for this game. <laughs> I paid money for it, man. Yeah, I, I think I did as well. I, I came, I bought it like, you know, a while ago, and I, yeah, it's a great game. And by all accounts, I guess it's a better game than Unity. So uh, That's true. there you go. Yeah, skip Unity. Uh, pick up this free code for a game, and uh, play uh, a Black Flag instead. Okay. Well, that's about do it for us this week. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening to That's Entertaining, our 10th episode, uh, and we hope that you have been entertained.